0: And thank you for joining the Cass County Health Department HealthCast. Our HealthCast is here to bring discussion and awareness to the services that we offer here at the Health Department, as well as ongoing and current issues in women's health. My name is Hillary Kelly, and I'm here with Louise Yale. We're both health educators here at the Cass County Health Department. So with that introduction, we'll just jump right in to our first topic for the day. So the month of October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And we want to discuss this topic because it's disease and an illness that many individuals in our area and and all over the country and the world have been affected by. Mm -hmm. So most people know of someone personally or they know of someone within their community that has been diagnosed and or treated for breast cancer in their lifetime. Um, One in eight women in the United States will be diagnosed with breast cancer in her lifetime. So in 2023, an estimated... 297,790 women and 2,800 men will be diagnosed with invasive breast cancer. So the chances are is that you know at least one person who has been personally affected by breast cancer.
1: So here are some other statistics around breast cancer. So just like Hillary said just recently, in 2023, an estimated 297,790 new cases of invasive breast cancer will be diagnosed in women in the United States, as well as 55,720 new cases of non-invasive or in-situ breast cancer. There are currently over 3.8 million breast cancer survivors in the United States as well, There is an estimated 43,700 U.S. women that will die from breast cancer in 2023. That's a pretty staggering number there. Um, Breast cancer is the most common cancer in American women, um, followed by by skin cancer. So it's number two on the list for women with cancer. It is estimated that in 2023, approximately 30% of all new female cancer diagnoses will be breast cancer. So on an average, every two minutes, a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer in the U.S. Along with that, approximately 64,000 of breast cancer cases are diagnosed at a localized stage, so before cancer has spread outside of the breast, when it is easier to treat, which is the more ideal um, type of diagnosis. And then the five-year relative survival rate for cancer diagnosis at that localized stage is 99%. So then approximately 15% of women diagnosed have a family history of breast cancer, and those with a first-degree relative, mother, sister, or daughter with breast cancer are nearly twice as likely to develop breast cancer themselves.
0: So what is breast cancer? So here's a better understanding of what it is. Um, Cancer is a very broad term for a class of diseases characterized by abnormal cells that grow and invade healthy cells within the body. In a healthy body, natural systems control the creation the growth and the death of cells so cancer occurs when these systems don't work right when cells die at the normal rate there's more cell growth than cell death so this excess growth can form a lump a growth or a tumor so breast cancer starts in the cells of a breast as a group of cancer cells that then divide and grow without their normal control which occurs in areas and tissues of the breast which can include surrounding tissues or spread, which is what we know is metastasizing, to other areas of the body. So tumors in the breast tend to grow slowly. By the time a lump is large enough to feel, it may have been growing for as long as 10 years. Wow. Some tumors are aggressive. They grow much faster. And cancer cells can also spread by breaking away from their original tumor and entering blood vessels or lymph vessels, which branch into tissues throughout the body. So there are various different types of breast cancer that you might have, or you might not have heard of these before. So just to talk a little bit about descriptions of these, you know, types of cancers. So ductal carcinoma is a type of cancer. Um, the invasive ductal carcinoma is another type. Invasive lobular breast cancer is another. This is essentially just medical words for where they have originated if they are invasive, if they're not invasive. So there's just so many degrees.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, to it's f- incredible. It
0: is, <laughs> it really is to breast yeah. cancer. And I think while we may have heard of them, mm-hmm. you know, from, from just people's stories and whatnot, it can be really difficult to decipher what they all mean. Mm-hmm. Um, a triple negative breast cancer, so this is meaning that three of the most common types of the receptors known to fuel. Most Sorry, breast cancer I growth, understand. estrogen progesterone and the HER2, like new new gene, are Mm -hmm. not present in the tumor. Yeah. So um, this means that the cancer cells have tested negative for hormone epidermal growth factor receptor 2, which is where you get the HER2, Mm -hmm. the estrogen receptors and the progesterone receptors. Since tumor cells lack the necessary receptors, common treatments like hormone therapy or drugs that target estrogen, progesterone, and HER2 are ineffective. Um, so using chemotherapy to treat triple negative breast cancer is still an effective option. So I think this is probably, you know, where people start getting familiar with the stories, right. you're hearing about the chemo or you're hearing mm-hmm. about the radiation you're hearing about the types of cancers yeah. and how they are all handled and treated. So, and in fact, a triple negative breast cancer may respond even better to chemotherapy in the earlier stages than many other forms of cancer. Mm -hmm. So triple negative breast cancer occurs in a 10 to 20% of diagnosed breast cancer and is more likely to affect younger people. Um, African Americans, Hispanics, and those with a BRCA1 gene mutation. So I know they talk a lot too about like different genetic testings and things and whatnot that you can do like that. Oh yeah, for sure. Things are always improving and getting better for identifying these Mm -hmm. different types of cancers, but sometimes... You know, and and younger folks, when you're like, oh, do I really need a mammogram?
1: And yeah, I'm, I'm kind of that invincible. I feel healthy. I feel good. Yeah, yeah you got to still be a little bit more.
0: And there could still be understanding conflicting and weary about information it. out there. I just read an article in our hometown mm-hmm. paper, yeah, today where it was like, well, should you be 40 or 45? Mm-hmm. 40, 40. Yeah, you know, but yeah. there are still clinicians out there feeling like, nah, 45, 45. is mm-hmm. fine. Every other year is fine. But, you know, realistically, statistically, we're realizing, nah, mm-hmm. let's, let's go for 40 it's, and It's keep being an eye out.
1: seen that younger and younger folks are developing cancer because of right. other environmental risks. So I would say if you feel like you need to do it at a younger age, you do it, do it at a younger age. Yeah, yep. then do it.
0: Um, another type, inflammatory breast cancer, is aggressive. It's fast-growing breast cancer in which cancer cells infiltrate the skin and the lymph Vessels in the breast. Um, it doesn't necessarily have like a distinct tumor or lump every time that can be felt or is like isolated within the breast. But when the lymph vessels become blocked by the cancer cells, symptoms begin. Mm-hmm. Um, a diagnosis of inflammatory breast cancer is classified as stage three breast cancer and is diagnosed through your cl- physician's clinical judgment and biopsy. Yep. a biopsy for inflammatory breast cancer is a biopsy of the skin of the breast. If the pathology results show the skin and the dermal lymphatics of the breast and cancer, breast cancer cells, it confirms that, in fact, it is inflammatory. Mm-hmm. So typically, IVC grows really rapidly and requires very aggressive treatment. Mm-hmm. This is the only type of breast cancer that requires urgent treatment, beginning with chemo. Yeah. So most oncologists recommend that both local treatment of the affected breast and the systemic treatment, which is your whole body.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So when we talk about stages and... You know, metastatic breast cancer. You know, and we'll get into that a little bit more yeah. in a minute here, but metastatic breast cancer is also classified as what you hear most commonly as stage four. Yeah, um, cancer is spread to other parts of the body is basically what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, this usually includes the lungs, the liver, bones, or the brain. So the spread of cancer usually happens through one or more of the following steps. So either cancer cells invade nearby healthy cells. Um, Cancer cells penetrate into the circulatory or the lymphatic system, migration through the circulation, cancer cells can lodge in the capillaries, or new tumors begin to grow.
1: So Hillary mentioned this a little earlier when she was doing the uh, different descriptions. There are what they're called breast cancer stages. So once a person is determined to have a malignant tumor or the diagnosis of breast cancer, tests are done to find out if cancer cells have spread within the breast or to the other parts of the body. So the process is used to find out whether the cancer has spread um, to, like I said, the other parts, and it's called staging. This information gathered from the staging process determines the stage of the disease. So it is important to know the stage in order to plan your treatment, um, and that will be done, you know, th- with your oncologist, your doctors. The results of some of these tests are used to diagnose breast cancer, but also used to um, used to stage the disease. So in breast cancer, stage is based on the size and location of the primary tumor. The spread of the cancer to nearby lymph nodes or other parts of the body, the tumor grade, or whether certain biomarkers are present. The TNM system, or the grading system, and the biomarker status are combined to find out the breast cancer stage. So the TNM system is used to describe the size of the primary tumor and the spread of the cancer to nearby lymph nodes or other parts of the body. So TNM stands for T equals tumor which is the size and the location of the actual tumor in the breast tissue or the tissue, other tissues. N is for lymph node. Um, This is the size and the location of lymph nodes where cancer might have spread. And then M is metastasis, which is the spread of the cancer to other parts of the body.
0: So as far as testing goes, the following tests and procedures can be used in the staging process. And a lot of a lot of people are very familiar with these. Yeah. These are terms that you hear in other, mm-hmm. you know, medical talks that you might have with your doctor about other things. But right, um, a biopsy is the main one that people are probably going to hear. You know, in mm-hmm. this journey, where your tissue is removed and tested. Mm-hmm. Um, X-rays, uh, chest X-rays, a CT scan or a CAT scan, um, MRIs are common. A yeah. bone scan, a PET scan, um, and PET scans are probably the most, you know, le- least common, I guess, of the scans. On yeah, here. yeah. Um, PET scans being a procedure to find malignant tumor cells within the body. Mm-hmm. So, um, and blood tests, mm-hmm. blood work. Blood work is huge. So, you know, then there's a little more clarification on the stage of the breast cancer that you have heard about, you know, before. Mm-hmm. And then you, you get your results and then you go into the next phase of
1: discussion. Yep. Also, too, they I one that probably didn't get mentioned was ultrasounds. I know they oh, do yeah. that a lot too. Um, yeah. You know, it gets a little bit deeper a See view of the, of the tissue. So that's one I think, I think they try and do once yeah. it gets into later stages. So then here's a little more clarification of the stages of breast cancer that you might have heard of before. So the first stage is the stage 0 to 1. And this is a stage of cancer that indicates the size of, of the tumor or abnormal cells and whether, of, whether or not these cells are um, contained in the place of origin. So the most common type of breast cancer is that ductal carcinoma in situ, which means it's cancer in the original place. Um, this is indicating that cancer cell starts in the milk ducts. Um, so stage one breast cancer, which cancer is, cancer is evident, but it's contained to only the area where the first abnormal cells begin to develop. The breast cancer has been detected in the early stages and can be very effectively treated. Stage 1 can be divided into what's called 1A and 1B, um, and the difference is, is determined by the size of the tumor and the lymph nodes, lymph nodes with evidence of cancer. So stage 1A ca- breast cancer means the following description applies. The tumor is smaller than approximately the size of a peanut, which is about 2 centimeters or smaller, and has not spread to the lymph nodes. Stage 1B breast cancer um, has the following description. Um, lymph nodes have cancer evidence with small clusters of cells between the approximate size of a pinprick to the approximate width of a grain of rice. So pretty small there. So similar to stage zero, breast cancer in this stage is very treatable and survival and you're able to survive. When breast cancer is detected early and is in a, like a localized stage, there's like no cancer, no sign of like the cancer spread outside of the breast. The five-year relative survival rate is 99%, so pretty, pretty effective there. Even though stage zero breast cancer is considered non-invasive, it does require some treatment, typically surgery or radiation or a combination of the two. Um, Chemotherapy is usually not a part of this treatment regimen for earlier stages of cancer. Um, So stage one is also highly treatable. However, it does require some treatment, typically surgery, um, often radiation or a combination of two. And additionally, you may consider hormone replacements. You might hear that with a lot of uh, different, um, depending on like the type of cancer cells found and your additional risk factors. Um, But like stage zero, chemotherapy is often not necessary. So then you have your stage two breast cancer. Stage two means that the breast cancer is growing, but is still contained in the breast or growth has only extended to nearby lymph nodes. This stage is divided into two groups, which is 2A and 2B. And the difference is determined by, again, the size of the tumor and whether the breast uh, cancer has spread to the lymph nodes. So for stage two breast cancer, chemotherapy is usually done first, um, followed by surgery and some radiation therapy. So your 2A breast cancer means the following. You either, you have no actual tumor, which is associated with the cancer cells, and less than four auxiliary lymph nodes have cancer cells present, or the tumor is less than two centimeters, um, and less than four auxiliary lymph nodes have cancer cells present, or, there's another or, the tumor is between two and five centimeters and has not yet spread to the lymph nodes. So there's kind of a lot of clarifications in in that one, which... Again, your oncologist, your doctor will really kind of explain that.
0: Which I guess it's good that it's so specialized yeah. and mm-hmm. fine tuned. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what you would want. Right, you know? for sure.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. That's, I mean, over the years of their research and stuff, they've really had to. Advanced a lot. Maybe. Yeah, for sure. Um, then you got like your stage 2B breast cancer, which is a little bit less um, descriptive. Um, you either have the tumor is between two and five centimeters and has spread to less than four auxiliary, auxiliary lymph nodes, or the tumor is larger than five centimeters, but has not spread to the lymph nodes. Then there is stage three cancer, which means the breast cancer has extended to beyond the immediate region of the tumor and may have invaded nearby lymph nodes and muscles, but has not spread to distant organs. So it's still kind of more localized up into the chest area. Although this stage is considered to be advanced, there are a growing number of effective treatment options. So, this stage is divided into three groups. So, this is a little bit more advanced. They got more stages here. You got 3A, 3B, and 3C. So, here are the differences. Um, Again, they are differences in the size of the tumor and whether the cancer has spread to the lymph nodes or the surrounding areas. So, 3A is uh, breast cancer either is no actual tumor is associated with the cancerous cells or the tumor may be a size, maybe any size and nearby lymph nodes, four or more nodes has been affected and contain cancer. Or the tumor is larger than the approximate size of a small lime, So more than five centimeters. So if you can picture the yeah. size of a lime, that's pretty good size. And small clusters of breast cancer cells are found in the lymph nodes between the approximate size of a pinprick, and the width of a grain of rice, again. Yes. Um, or, again, there's another classification to it. The tumor is larger than the approximate size of a small line, and the cancer is spread to one, two, th- or three lymph nodes under the arm or near the breastbone. So that's 3A. So there's a couple different classifications there. Stage 3B breast cancer means one of the following. The tumor may be of any size— and cancer has invaded the chest wall or breast skin with evidence of swelling, inflammation, or ulcers, such as um, the case of like that inflammatory breast cancer that Hillary mentioned earlier. The breast cancer may have also invaded up to ne- nine nearby lymph nodes. There's a lot of lymph nodes down in that, your chest area, yeah. so there's a lot to be invaded. So that was 3B, so it's a little bit less classification, but it's, it's larger in size, and it's, has spread more into your lymph nodes. Then you have stage three C breast cancer, which means the following either no actual tumors found in the breast, such as with cases like the inflammatory breast cancer, or the tumor may be of any size with, so the, and cancer may have invaded the chest wall or breast skin with evidence of swelling, inflammation, or ulcers. And cancer has also invaded 10 or more lymph nodes under the arm. So you got that more invasive of the right. lymph nodes. Or you have no actual tumors found in the breast, or the tumor may be of any size, and lymph nodes extending to the collarbone area and found to, and have found to have cancer. Or no actual tumors found in the breast, or the tumor may be of any size, and lymph nodes under the arm and nearby breastbone have found to contain cancer. So all these kind of have a lot of different <laughs> meanings yeah. and stuff. Um, Stage three C breast cancer is divided into like operable or inoperable stage. Um, So you might've heard that sometimes. However, the term inoperable is not the same as untreatable. So just, yeah, uh, for sure. So if your physician uses the word inoperable, it may simply mean that a simple surgery at this time would not be enough to get rid of the breast cancer that is within the breast and tissue around the, uh, around there. Um, There might be healthy tissues all all, or at all the margins of the breast where it is removed. So keep in mind that the breast tissue goes beyond the breast mound. It goes into the clavicle and down into a few inches below the breast mound. So there must be also tissue to close the chest wound after surgery is performed. So another treatment method might be used first to kind of shrink the breast cancer tumor or lump there and as much as possible for surgery is considered there. Then the last stage that most have probably heard of is the stage four breast cancer, which means that the cancer is spread to other areas of the body, such as the brain, bones, lungs, or liver. Stage four breast cancer is also known as metastica- metastatic breast cancer. Um, so although stage four breast cancer is not curable, it is usually treatable, and current advances in research and medical technology mean that more and more women are living. More and more women are living longer by managing the disease as a chronic illness with a focus of the quality of life as the primary goal. So with excellent care and support as well as like personal motivation, stage 4 breast cancer may respond to a number of treatment options that can extend the life for several years.
0: So let's talk about the risk factors, the causes and the risk factors of breast cancer. So when you or when someone you know has been told that they do have breast cancer, it's natural to wonder what has happened, what has caused this to happen, you know. Of course, nobody knows the exact causes of breast cancer. And doctors seldom know why one woman develops breast cancer and another does not. Mm-hmm. And most women who have had breast cancer will never be able to pinpoint an yeah. exact cause. Yeah. So what do we do know is that breast cancer is always caused by damage to a cell's DNA.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Women with certain risk factors are more likely than others to develop breast cancer, and a risk factor is something that may increase the chance of getting a disease. So some of these risk factors, such as drinking alcohol, like you know, can yeah, be avoided. You can right. choose not to do some of those things, um, but most risk factors, which would be things like having a family history of breast cancer, you can't avoid that. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's
1: genetic, yeah.
0: Right, so having a risk factor doesn't mean that a woman will get breast cancer, but many women who have these risk factors don't develop it. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Um, cancer grows when a cell's DNA is damaged, but why or how that DNA becomes damaged is still unknown. The damage can be caused by genetic or environmental and lifestyle factors or in most cases, combinations of these things. Yeah. So most patients will never know precisely what caused the cancer. However, there are established risk factors associated with breast cancer. So just like with anything, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, like Maybe you have these genetic risk factors you know, and you're aware of that in your family, but you know the ones that you can control. Yeah. And, and you take on that task of controlling those right, risk factors. Right. So the genetic ones, you know, just to kind of reiterate, these are things that are inherited, they're passed down from the parent to the child through your genetic makeup. Mm-hmm. They are built into your DNA from birth. Environmental, lifestyle risk factors. These are avoidable risk factors that are typically under a person's control. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes environmental things, literally, you can't escape either. True. You know there are yeah. some environmental concerns, like um, you know we don't maybe necessarily encounter this as much in the United States as places in other countries where they have environmental yeah um, pollution yeah, yeah, yeah right yeah, things that like that, that they can't that are, really get away from exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part. You know, these, these lifestyle risk factors and things that we can control within our environment, then we should. Yeah. that um, can we can reduce this exposure by changing elements within our environment and our lifestyles to make them healthier.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So some of the genetic risk factors that women and men may encounter that cannot be changed include your gender. So breast cancer usually occurs you know, it's like it's a hundred times more common in women than it is in men. Yeah. Um, your age: two out of three women with invasive cancer are diagnosed after they turn fifty-five.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, race: breast cancer is diagnosed more often in Caucasian women than women of other races. Mm-hmm. Um, family history, genetic factors: so, like, if your mom, your sister, your dad, your kids have been diagnosed with breast cancer or ovarian cancer, you do have a higher risk of being diagnosed with breast cancer in the future. Mm-hmm. If your risk increases, if your relative was diagnosed before the age of 50. Mm, yeah. So these young onsets, you know. Yeah,
1: it's, definitely more common. Yeah.
0: Um, your personal health history. So if you've been diagnosed with breast cancer in one breast, you have an increased risk of being diagnosed with breast cancer in the other breast in the future. So also your risk increases if abnormal breast cells have been detected before. Um like in some of those cancers we talked about earlier, yeah. mm-hmm. like the atypical hyperplasia, the lobular carcinoma in situ, or the ductal carcinoma. So if there's been an early detection in, in any way, yeah. you need to be really careful moving forward. Right, um, Your menstrual and reproductive history, so early menstruation, meaning before 12, um, or late menopause, which is after 55, Having your first child at an older age or never having given birth can increase your risk for breast cancer. Um, Certain genome changes. So mutations in certain genes, such as BRCA1 and BRCA2, those came up a little bit earlier. Yeah,
1: Um, they're the common ones you hear for breast cancer. They can
0: increase your risk. Um, this is determined through genetic testing, which you might consider undergoing if you do have family history of breast cancer. I think it's got a little popular, like, uh, celebrities started to do yeah, that. Yeah, and so, it's actually
1: you know. got a lot more affordable, um, yeah. especially with health insurance, especially if your doctor, you know, your physician, you know, wants you to get genetic testing, especially if you have family yeah. history. It's definitely, I know I've been working with other genetic testing for ovarian cancer, and it's definitely gotten more affordable. More accessible, mm-hmm. which yeah. is great. And accessible, yeah, for sure.
0: It's nice, you know, when you see, you know, people in the media or people, you know, celebrities doing these things as they're bringing awareness to the mm-hmm. need for it. But, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes that's not always in the same affordability right. range, but right. it's nice that that is becoming... Mm-hmm. Because I think people are interested to know if they have a gene mutation that they can pass on to yeah. their kids. absolutely. You know? yeah. um, another risk factor is dense breast tissue, so having dense breast tissue can increase your risk for breast cancer and make, because it makes lumps harder to detect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people might have heard this before in a mammogram. You know, when they're looking at their results or they're reading, you know, their chart or whatever, you might see that term come yeah. up. right. I wouldn't say that's terribly uncommon.
1: No, Mm-mm. I don't think so nowadays, yeah. Um,
0: several states have passed laws requiring physicians to disclose to women if their mammogram indicates that they have dense breasts so they are aware of their risk. Mm-hmm. So if if you're unsure or if you haven't heard it before or you want to know if you have, just ask your doctor if you have this type of tissue Mm -hmm. and what the implications of having dense breast tissue would be to you.
1: So there are other risk factors that we as individuals can control and avoid that will help reduce the chances of us developing breast cancer. So these risk factors are known as the environmental and lifestyle, which include um, lack of physical activity. So a sedentary lifestyle with little physical activity can increase your risk of breast cancer. So moving your body or exercising exercising for even 20 minutes a day can help lower your risk. Um, Eating a poor diet, a diet high in saturated fat and lacking fruits and vegetables can increase your risk of, of breast cancer. So eating three and a half to five cups of fruits and vegetables a day can help as well. Being overweight or obese um, can increase your risk. And this risk increases if you have already gone through menopause. Drinking alcohol. So frequent consumption of alcohol can increase as well, increase your risk. The more alcohol you consume, the greater the risk. Um, Radiation to the chest. So having radiation therapy to the chest before the age of 30 can increase your risk. Well, radiation is often an unavoidable therapy for certain illnesses it is still considered an environmental or lifestyle kind of risk factor because it is not as inherited, not an inherited trait that someone, you know, right. might have with those genes. So and then combined hormone replacement therapy or HRT. Taking combined hormone replacement therapy as prescribed, but for menopause can increase your risk for breast cancer as well and increase the risk that the cancer will be detected at a more advanced stage. So speak to your doctor about your benefits and risk of that hormone replacement therapy. Um, so here's some things that do not cause breast cancer. that kind of been myths maybe that you might've heard of. So breast cancer is not contagious. You can't contract yeah. cancer from a person who has the disease. Um, breast cancer is not caused by wearing underwire bras, having implants by mammograms, um, caffeine, plastic food surfing items, you know, <laughs> microwaves, those kind of cell phones, all those myths yes. kind of often suggest it. And those, that's not the case. Now, there are a few factors that are still kind of under study as of today, such as deodorants, antiperspirants, uh, fertility drugs, you know, parabens, and stress, but the findings are not strong enough at this point to yeah. say that these factors are truly related to breast cancer. So more research is needed. So at the time, doesn't, but there's still research needed to be done.
0: So some of the signs and the symptoms of breast cancer, and everybody should know these signs and symptoms, um, any time an abnormality is discovered, it should be investigated, you know, by your doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, most women who have, have breast cancer signs and symptoms will notice only one or two in the presence of these things. Don't automatically mean that you have breast cancer. But if you're performing a monthly breast exam, you will be able to more easily identify any changes happening in your breasts. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, um, for sure.
0: So if you notice something, it's really important to say something. Yeah. Um, warning signs of breast cancer are not the same for everybody. But a lot of the most common ones are a change in the look or the feel of the breast, a change in the look or the feel of the nipple, as well as nipple discharge. So, other signs and symptoms can be a lump, a hard knot, or a thickening inside the breast or the underarm area, or swelling, warmth, redness, or darkening of the breast. Um, You might notice change in the size and the shape of the breast, dimpling or puckering of the skin, itchy, scaly, sore rash on the nipple. Pulling, um, the in like the pulling in of your nipple or other parts of the breast, mm-hmm. nipple discharge that starts kind of suddenly and new pain in one spot that doesn't always go away. So in most cases, these things are not cancer. Yeah. Um, one example being breast pain. So pain is more common with benign, like yeah. lumps not cancerous breast conditions than with breast cancer. However, the only way to know is to get checked. Yeah. So it's if a change, yeah, if change turns out to be breast cancer. You're hoping that you're able to catch that in an early stage, right? Um, especially like in lactation, like if you're breastfeeding, lactation yeah. there's a lot of things.
1: Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> that happen to your, breasts. your oh, breast. Your breast goes sure. through, and you notice these these changes and these differences. But mm-hmm. if you're really truly alarmed, it's best to find out. Oh yeah,
1: just to get double checked. I mean, yeah, doesn't.
0: So, um, a lot of women might feel like their breasts are lumpy, just as it, as it yeah. is. You know, yeah. so it can be difficult. I mean, breast tissue naturally has a bumpy texture. Mm-hmm. So some people, it might feel more lumpiness in their breast than another person. And in most cases, this like lumpiness isn't anything to worry about. And But it can be felt throughout the breast and it feels like your other breast and it's probably normal. Like you're yeah. looking for something to feel different, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, an actual lump itself has a harder feel. and It's like different from the tissue around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you feel changes like that, then, you know, if you have to question it or you're really kind of coming mm-hmm. back to it in your mind, like it just makes perfect sense to get it checked out. And it's like, that's yeah. your way of being like, there might not be something right. Right, right. You know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely.
0: Sometimes things are benign, meaning it's not cancer, it could be a cyst, mm-hmm. something like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's best practice to see a healthcare provider if you find a new lump. Or any change that feels different from the rest of your breast. Or you find a new lump or any change that feels different from your other breast. Mm -hmm. Or you feel something that's different from anything that you have felt before. So if you've had benign lumps in the past, you can't really assume that a new lump is also benign, you know. Um, The new lump still might not be cancer, but it's best to make sure. Um, Nipple discharge is another thing to be on the lookout for. So that's Basically, exactly how it sounds, it's mm-hmm. liquid leaking from your nipple. It can be really scary. It's troubling, yeah. but it's it's not always a sign right. that you have breast cancer. The discharge can be your body's natural reaction when your nipple is squeezed. And signs of a more serious condition like breast cancer include discharge that occurs without squeezing the nipple. Um, it occurs usually only in one breast. And is bloody or clear, so not milky. Yeah. It's super common for women to be able to, like, mm-hmm. you know, squeeze and have yeah. a milk-looking substance right, come out. Right, right. Um, but nipple discharge can also be caused by an infection or some other condition in your breast that needs treatment. So if you have any nipple discharge, it's best to see your healthcare provider.
1: So now that we kind of know the risk factors and causes, um, early detection is really key to breast cancer. So according to the American Cancer Society, when breast cancer is detected early and is in the localized stage, the five-year relative survival rate is 99%. We said that before. So early, Yeah, it is really great. Early detection includes like doing monthly self-breast exams um, or breast self-exams and scheduling regular clinical breast exams and mammograms. So it is recommended to learn um, more about breast self-exams to increase the chances of early detection. So what is a breast self-exam? Some people might know. Some people are still kind of, you know, not sure about what it is. So a breast self-exam is an early detection tool that uses a combination of physical and and visual examinations of your breast to check to see if there's any signs or symptoms like Hillary mentioned of earlier. The purpose of the self of the breast self-exam is to become familiar with the way your breasts normally look and feel. So really getting to know how they look and how they feel. So knowing how your breasts normally look and feel also called breast self-awareness will help you identify if there's any changes or abnormalities in your breast, such as like a new lump or skin changes. Um, any changes in your breast dis- discovered during a self breast or a breast self-exam, I keep getting those two things, oh, yeah. should be reported to your healthcare provider right away. So while a breast self-exam is a useful tool for early detection of breast cancer, it should not take the place of regular mammograms and clinical breast exams. This is kind yeah. of an in-between one where near in between your clinical and mammograms. So adult women of all ages are encouraged to perform your breast self-exam at least once a month. Um, Lily D. Shockney of the John Hopkins University um, Distinguished Service Professor of Breast Cancer states, Forty percent of diagnosed breast cancers are detected by women who feel a lump, so establishing a regular breast self-exam is very important. So, that's a pretty significant amount that find it, you yeah. know, on, through that. So, right. so for women still menstruating, a breast self-exam should be performed a few days after your period ends. For those who are postmenopausal, a breast Self-exams should be performed the same day of each month, so such as the 1st or oh, the 15th okay. of the month. So kind of pick a day that you know want to do it and just kind of stick with that day. So while mammograms can help you detect uh, cancer before you feel a lump, breast self-exams help you be more familiar with how your breasts normally look and feel. So alert your healthcare professional if you notice any changes, um, such as like a new lump, sore spots, changes in appearance of the skin, or nipple discharge. So this is how a breast self-exam can be performed. There's a couple different ways you can do it. So one is in the shower. So with the pads or flats of like your three middle fingers, um, check your entire breast and armpit area, pressing down with a light to medium and firm pressure. Um, You want to make sure you check both breasts each month, feeling for any different lumps, thickenings, hardened knots, or any other breast changes. A second type of, or a Procedure you can do or self breast exam is in front of a mirror. So, with your arms at your sides, visually inspect your breasts, looking for any changes um, in the contour or shape of the breast, like any dimpling, swelling, or any kind of skin irregularities on or around the breasts or any changes of the nipples. Next, rest your palms on your hips and pressly firm to kind of flex your chest muscles. Um, so, flexing in the mirror there a little bit. Um, look for any dimpling, puckering, or any other changes, particularly on one side. See if it changes different from one side to the other. And note that the left and right breasts will not exactly match. Um, a lot of women, I, I think they probably mm-hmm. know one feels different, yeah. larger than the other, smaller. So few women's breasts are, you know, perfectly symmetrical. Right. So don't don't be alarmed if one looks a little, fit or feels a little bit bigger. Then the last one is lying down. So while you're lying down, the breast tissue spreads out more evenly along the chest wall. So place a pillow under your right shoulder and put your right arm behind your head. Using like your left hand, move the pads of your three middle fingers around the right breast. Kind of the same thing like in the shower. You want to make sure you're in covering the entire breast area and armpit. Use a light, medium, and firm pressure to feel, you know, for any lumps, thickenings, knots, or any changes in the breast. Um, also squeeze the nipple to take sure, you know, check for discharge. Like, you know, kind of Hillary talked about the different differences there. Repeat these steps for your left breast. Um, If you find a lump, you can schedule an appointment with your doctor, but don't panic. Eight out of 10 lumps are not cancerous. Um, For additional peace of mind, just call your doctor when you have any concerns, even if you just talk to him or her on the phone. Um, Clinical breast exams are also another tool that should be used to help breast health and detection of any abnormalities. A clinical breast exam is performed by a healthcare professional who is trained to recognize the many types or uh, and different abnormal abnormalities and warning signs. Um, this is an in-office exam, which will most likely be completed by, you can do a family physician or a gynecologist or, you know, um, nurse practitioner yeah. um, at your, like, annual exam. So this can be done kind of by anyone you feel, you know, comfortable with. Whereas, like, your self-breast exam, um, is something every woman should do like once a month on their own. So during a clinical breast exam, your healthcare provider will check your breast appearance. You may be asked to raise your arms over your head, let them hang down by your side or press your hands against your hips. Um, these postures allow your healthcare provider to look for the differences in the size and the shape between your breasts. The skin covering your breast is checked for any like rashes, dimpling, or any kind of abnormal signs. And then your nipples may be checked to see if You know, fluid is expressed when lightly squeezed. So using the pads of the fingers, your healthcare professional provider kind of checks the entire breast, underarm, collarbone for any lumps, kind of like you do with the the breast self-exam. So similar um, checking there. it's worth noting that some women have breast tissue that appears to be full of of like tiny fibrous bumps or ridges throughout the breast tissue known as fibrocystic breasts. Overall, lumpy tissue is something your provider will want to kind of keep an eye out on and note for, but it's is unrelated to cancer. A suspicious lump is, a, is more the type your physician is checking for, which is generally about the size of a pea before anyone can feel it in the breast tissue. So the manual exam is done, you know, one side and then the other, and your healthcare professional will also check, you know, lymph nodes near the breast to see if they're enlarged. If a lump is discovered, your healthcare provider will notice size, shape, and texture, and then he or she will also check to see if the lump moves easily. Benign lumps often feel different from cancerous ones, but any lump found will likely need to be examined a little f- with a little f- further diagnostic measures. It may be helpful to know that lumps that appear soft, um, smooth, round, and movable are likely to be more benign tumors or cysts. Okay. So a lump that is hard and oddly shaped and feels really firm and attached within the breast is more likely to be that cancer. So that kind of gives a little bit more distinction between the two, if you can remember that. But further tests are needed to kind of diagnose the problem there. So clinical breast exams are an important part of early detection. So although most lumps are discovered through self-breast exams... An experienced professional may notice a suspicious place that Mm -hmm. fails to register as a warning to the patient's mind. So the gold standard, of course, for breast examination for any lumps or bumps or abnormality is a mammogram. A mammogram is an x-ray that allows qualified specialists to examine the breast tissue for any suspicious areas. The breast is exposed to a small dose, a very small dose of ionizing radiation that produces an image of the breast tissue. So it's not this extensive... Radiation that many people think it is. It's very right. small. It takes not a long time. Um, and you're only under that X ray for a short amount of time there. So, mammograms can often show a breast lump before it can be even felt. So, this is why it's very important yeah. for women to get That's this mammogram. Deal. Yeah. They also can show tiny clusters of calcium called microcalcifications. Um, and then lumps or specks can be caused by the cancer, fatty cells, or other conditions like cysts. So, it's, it's looking for all of those different things. Right. Further tests might be needed if abnormal cells are present, but they'll go in depth. Your doctors will do a little bit more if, if needed. So here are some of the recommendations for women when to get a mammogram. So women 40 and older should have a mammogram every one to two years. Again, this might be differing between physicians right. and you you'll your just doctor. have yeah, your doctor. So you speak with your, your healthcare provider about what best fits you and what your family history is and what your experience is. Women who are younger than 40 and have risk factors for breast cancer should ask their healthcare professional whether mammograms are advisable and how often to have them. So even women who have no symptoms or no known risk for breast cancer should have regular scheduled mammograms to help detect potential breast cancer at the earliest possible time. Because we talked about the survival rate. If it's found really localized and really early, there's a 99% chance of survival there. So. If the mammogram shows an abnormal area of the breast, your doctor will um, order additional tests offering clearer, more detailed images of the area. So although lumps are usually non-cancerous, the only way to be certain is to perform additional tests such as like an ultrasound or an MRI or like a chest exam, kind of those different ones we talked about earlier. If further tests show that mass is solid, your radiologist may perform a biopsy and a procedure with cells are removed from the suspicious area to check for the presence of cancer.
0: So kind of our last topic to talk about when we talk about breast cancer would be a treatment. Um, so depending on your doctor, your oncologist, other specialists that you might have to see or that you might choose during this time frame, treatments are going to vary from person to person And it's all about your preference as well as depending on what stage of breast cancer might be detected. Like, sometimes people have options. Yeah. They have different avenues they can go down. I Mm -hmm. think the treatment is probably one of the scariest aspects of it for Mm -hmm. some people, you know. Everybody's aware that there is going to be... yeah. It's not gonna come easy yeah. for a and lot there, of people. And there I mean
1: there's probably gonna be side effects. There's right. gonna be, you know, exactly. other things to consider. So
0: and you're weighing all those things out with your medical team. So in general, <clears throat> there's about five of these different treatment options. And most treatment plans include a combination of like surgery, radiation, hormone therapy, chemo. Um, targeted therapies, so some of these are local, some are, like, just targeting an mm-hmm. area around the tumor. Others are systemic, so they need to target your entire body to yeah. fight, you know, the cancer. Yeah. So, um, there's different types of surgery, so lumpectomy is usually, like, mm-hmm. at least the amount of breast tissue needed to get the tumor out, mm-hmm. um, and some slightly healthy tissue around it. Yep. That's precautionary. Yep. Um a simple, like, or a total simple mastectomy involves a the a removal of the whole breast, mm. nipple, areola, the centennial lymph nodes. So, a mastectomy is a common thing that you're yeah. going to hear from people. For sure. um, sometimes they have a double mastectomy, and mm-hmm. both both breasts yep. will go. Yep. Um, your doctor might want to remove and examine lymph nodes, like in addition to these, you know, localized surgeries, mm-hmm. and that way they can determine if the cancer has spread and, like, to the extent in which it has. If so. Um, and so, like, a, a centennial lymph node biopsy is a procedure they use to <coughs> examine the lymph closer. So when you hear that, that's just kind of mm-hmm. that, that procedure of just taking a closer look at the lymph. Yeah. Um, the auxiliary node dissection is a procedure and a method of if the cancer has spread to one or more of your lymph nodes. So we talked a lot about, you know, how many lymph nodes for this yeah. stage more than this, less than that. And so these are essential parts of kind of figuring out the stage where you're at right. and how to move forward. So yeah. it's a lot of information, however, and it probably seems like it's hitting really hard and it's yeah. a lot to take in, but it's um, it's essential.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So other treatments like we mentioned earlier, the chemotherapy, radiation therapy, hormone therapy, and targeted therapy, um, those are just all going to depend on... What your team decides to do, a lot of it has to depend on the condition that your health is
1: in. That's true too. That if you, yeah, time. if you have other health issues, it's gonna sure be determined. Yeah, it's gonna determine what you get. Done. Yeah,
0: some of these things can be difficult um, on the heart. Yeah. So you know, and we know, heart disease is a huge factor oh, yeah. in a lot of people's oh, lives. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so you know, anytime that you have to move forward. If you do have a diagnosis of cancer at any stage, you know you're going to, at that point, be examining all of those yeah. health aspects of your life. Yeah, for um, sure. And it's best to be in those practices in a good practice now. So if you do have to move forward with a with a care team, that you're you're at your healthiest mm-hmm. when you're facing it. You mm-hmm. know, easier said than done. Yeah. I realize that. Yeah,
1: uh, for sure. But
0: you know, in the moment that the time that you have taken to take care of your health is going to be priceless. Um, and there's a lot of resources out there for getting healthy, understanding yeah. cancer, what to do, the, the hows and the whys, where so much support, so much information. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the resources, you know, the American Cancer Foundation Association is a big one, American Cancer Society, um, Susan G. Komen Foundation, that's pretty big too.
1: Mm-hmm. And they have lots of local chapters, yeah. especially in Illinois. Yeah.
0: They do. Um, The National Breast Cancer Foundation, Mm -hmm. um, Mayo Clinic, I think that's probably, you know, a a big, as far as hospital resource, a lot of people are very familiar.
1: They do a lot of research behind, I mean, they have a lot of research done within their system there.
0: Um, The Illinois Breast and Cervical Cancer Program, IBCCP, um, anybody can call the health department at any time if they're interested Mm -hmm. in IBCCP. Yep. Um, Even if you're outside of CAS, it's fine. Mm -hmm. Essentially, this ensures that people who are eligible receive regular screening for breast and cervical cancer, prompt follow-up of abnormal findings, and when it's needed, monitor the screening and diagnostic tests to ensure that they're performed according to the current recommendations. So (coughs) in order to qualify for IBCCP, you must be an Illinois resident. You have to be uninsured or underinsured and be at least 40 years of age or older for your breast cancer screening and diagnostic services and 21 years of age or over for cervical cancer screening and diagnostic services. So um, there are exceptions for younger people <clears throat> and individuals um, assigned male at birth who have symptoms of breast cancer. So there's not an income requirement per se. Yeah. But, you know, you do have to determine eligibility. Right. So, right. um we're free to talk about that at any time at the health department and we're yep. glad to help um it's a great program it is very and
1: it's very local i mean it's, and it's the fast. chapters in springfield so it's, it's yeah. pretty fast that you can get and it's services. really quick so and
0: that's nice because it's you know <laughs> when, when you need these types of things there are times when it comes up when you need them sooner yeah. than later so ibccp is a very good option if you're underinsured or uninsured
1: So that is all we have today for our HealthCast. So we hope that this HealthCast has been informative and helpful to our listeners. We bring information to you to educate and enlighten the public on the importance of various health concerns and topics that would be beneficial to the improvement of health and well-being for the community. Funding for this podcast was provided in whole or in part by the Illinois Department of Public Health, Office of Women's Health. The Cass County HealthCast is a project of the Cass County Health Department in Cass County, Illinois. Information on this podcast was material to inform listeners of health topics that would be resourceful for their health and well-being. The information given in today's podcast is not the personal opinions or views of those speaking and is information gathered and distributed by the, for the sole purpose of health education and promotion. If you have any questions or would like to suggest a topic, please call Cass County Health Department at 217-452-3057 and ask for Louise and Hillary. You can check us out on our social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook. And at our website at CassCountyHealth.org. So thanks for joining us. And until next time, stay well.